1: welcome welcome back to south coast tonight i'm marcus farrow we're joined now by will senna of the new bedford light hey will how are you hey marcus i'm good thanks so you wrote a story um about the uh rooming house fire and some of the findings about the safety of that building it was described as a quote-unquote death trap in your in your piece can you um tell us more about that
2: yeah well to be clear i didn't describe it as a death trap that's a letter that was sent uh from and um, or not well it was a name that was redacted but sent in an email uh, to the chief of the fire department the mayor and the top building inspector um, sure. that was July of 2022 and unfortunately you know how true it turned out to be
1: yeah that is too bad um so
2: what are some of the
1: uh, hazards that were found um, that made it a death trap so
2: the two things that were confirmed to us by the fire department the chief of the fire department is one um, this, this rooming house. I mean, everyone knows this, this rooming. It was the most you know, noticeable building on a cushioned Ave. Right, this yeah. four-story brick building with copper uh, columns. Um, it's one of New Bedford's many rooming houses, and this one particularly did not have any sprinkler system at the time of the fire. Um, it's not too not too uncommon. You know, many of these uh, buildings are, you know, fall under a similar uh, you know, out of compliance with fire law. Um, that's, that's one, is the sprinkler systems, and the second one is uh, the fact that there was a board or a plank. That's how the chief of the fire department described it to me, um, that was blocking a hatch to the fire escape at the time of the fire. So, no, um, why weren't there, what are the
1: reasons, some of the reasons cited for the no sprinkler systems?
2: So, this, this uh, law, the sprinkler sprinkler law, as, as the city refers to it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was adopted in uh, 2013 um, as a state state law. It was described to me state law that was adopted locally in 2013, and uh, specifically applied to rooming houses. You know, these are high occupancy buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anyone who lives in a, in a rooming house? There, have you been in one before?
1: No, I haven't. I, I've, I've been. I've in, got some clients that lived in rooming houses an yeah. attorney. Yeah.
2: There, you know, they're usually a lot of people in there, right? Yeah. That's kind of, um, you know, tight uh, living in tight conditions. Sure sharing a lot of different spaces whether it's cords or <laughs> bathrooms um, and so this rule specifically applies to the rooming houses uh, it uh, so it was adopted in 2013 and there was a five-year grace period you know in which the city asked these room owners of rooming houses to come into compliance with the law you know build a sprinkler system into your units it um that was five years ago right and they just
1: didn't do it uh, they didn't do it um, so what did Mayor Mitchell have to say about that, um, you know, in terms of the enforcement of the, the sprinkler law?
2: It's kind of interesting. I mean, so th- this law, I mean, he, first of all, the chief of the fire, fire department, uh, Scott Kruger, he told us that. Um, so there's 33 rooming houses in New Bedford, which is a pretty high number if you think about it. I mean, I, yeah. I know a few. You see a few around, right? But 33. Yeah. And out of those 33, two-thirds are not in compliance with this law,
1: the sprinkler law. It's horrifying.
2: Yeah, um, and you know, so I asked them about it. I asked, you know, wh- why is that? And they've had trouble getting uh, – trying to get the owners of these properties to bring these units into compliance. Um, the main factor, they said, is price. You know, there's a few other yeah. things, you know, pandemic supply chain issues, they were saying. But, I mean, sure. price is the real issue. We saw the uh, – you know, I hate to say ironically, but the uh, the owners of the rooming house on a cushioned Ave, they had applied for a building permit and had uh, I- even some sort of estimate. For building a sprinkler system into their unit, that was in you know they got the, they pulled their building permit in February, late February of twenty this year, you know okay. less than a month before this this uh this fire. Pretty when they exactly already
1: when they were basically already five years out of compliance anyway.
2: Already five, you know, yeah, too little, too late, right? But yeah, it's a uh, so they 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 pulled this permit in February, and the estimate they got is for eighty five thousand dollars. Now that's a pretty high cost right i mean also considering that they bought the property uh you know the, the year before for $1 at least that's what they say on paper <laughs> but yeah
1: i wonder what that what that's about um it was my understanding is that it was transferred
2: between series of uh, trusts right yeah it was some so, sort of shell game with some trusts bringing in new yeah. um so yeah, you wonder how much ownership owners. has really changed hands. You do, yeah. yeah. We couldn't get I was spoke with one of the owners, or at least someone listed as an owner, and he hung up on us pretty quick. Um, of course he did, yeah. <laughs> but, so the, yeah, I mean, what the mayor's uh, office, what the fire department is saying is that, yeah, it's hard to bring these rooming houses into compliance because the cost is so high. And second of all, if we were to enforce this rule, it would effectively be kicking, you know, there was 20-something people living in, at that apartment at the time, yeah. kicking these people out on the street. And that's Whoa. people who really don't have many places to turn, right? If you're Whoa. living in a in a rooming house, yeah. But
1: th- that, in- I mean, now what, right? Well, now I mean,
2: people, yeah. they're on the street either the way now. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, are dead too. It's, yeah. um, it's an unfortunate situation, and it's uh, you know on one hand it is the the city you know in some way turning a, a bit of a blind eye to this issue, right? I mean they th- these permits to run rooming houses have been reissued every year. Despite the known violation, right of right. like the sprinklers, this is not a, you know, oh we we forgot to enforce. No, every year these these they these buildings they get a certificate to you know, have a lodging house they call it, and these certificates is uh, signed by the um, uh, building department, I believe it is, um, and you know they re yeah you know, the, recertify these buildings each year despite well, the violations. And so it's so.
1: The spring there was no sprinkler system, so that was in violation of of state law, right? Mm-hmm. There is no, um, there were some doors that were boarded up, which is a big no no, um, especially when people are, you know, you know, f- as a means of egress. Um, and another means of egress that was there, but maybe may have been ad- inadequate, was also, uh, I think, a fire escape. There was no, there was no fire escape there as well.
2: Yeah, so we haven't heard confirmation on the fact that there was uh, any doors boarded up. That was an inspection, actually, a letter that was sent to the fire department the summer before the fire saying, okay. you know, warning the fire department that, hey, this building is really out of compliance. There's all these things. There's boarded up doors, um, you know, means of egress being blocked. Um, it's not clear whether that was the case at the time of the fire. Uh, we fire department uh, didn't confirm that. What they did confirm is that there was a board or some sort of plank blocking the hatch. That's a second floor, um, you know, the, the ladder down to the ground level from the, from the fire escape. And I spoke with some People who live in the, in the uh, lived in the building, and they told me that um, the reason for it uh, is because it's a you know kind of rough part of the city. They had some issues with people scaling that ladder, um, maybe doing drugs or something on the uh, on the higher levels. And um, how they related it to me, I you know, just uh, haven't spoken to the owners, but it was boarded up to keep people out. And unfortunately, what it did is keep people in at the, before, at, the at
1: the worst in. time. Yeah, that is unfortunate. We're speaking with Will Sennout, the New Bedford Light. Um, he is, uh, he wrote a story on the recent Brooming House fire and the multiple building code violations that have been both found and, you know, are suspected apparently. Are there any other building code violations? Um, and what, what are they, what are they going to, um, Oh, and smoke alarms missing too, obviously,
2: right? That, that, that. was um, before. Uh, you know, a, a, as the fire department related to me, um, there was no issue with the smoke alarms at the, the fire, fire – uh, the smoke detectors of the fire alarms at the time of the fire. Yeah. Um, but uh, there were issues in the past with that. Um, the only thing we know as of the day of the fire that was out of compliance is the sprinkler law and this uh, blocked uh, – this plank blocking the fire escape. And I will say, I mean – Um, the city's initial, the fire department's initial take was there were no violations at the time of the fire. That's what they said. And we asked them these specific questions based on, you know, the city documents and testimony of people in the fire. They did walk that back. So um, for some reason, it's been a challenge to learn as much as we can about what exactly went down in in this fire and why. Well, is there going to be,
1: like... You talked to Mayor Mitchell. Is there going to be uh, like some sort of effort to to, to really crack down on these um, flagrant violations of, of uh, fire safety code?
2: It's hard to say. I mean, on, in, on one hand, the mayor and the fire department are saying we um, we've been doing this all along. We're going to keep doing this. You know, we keep trying to bring these places into compliance. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, the, the way they presented this issue is very much one of. We're doing our our best. Um, And the issue to them lies with, um, you know, for for many people in these rooming houses, it's a real last resort, right? I mean, these places are very cheap. It's often uh, a decision or maybe even the lack of a decision between um, a roof over your head and being out on the street or maybe in a shelter. And, you know, 33 rooming houses, you know, let's say 20 people apiece. It's, It's a lot of people who if they were to really crack down would be out on the street now is that uh better or worse than you know a fire it's hard yeah. now of course not but um it's a it's a complex equation yeah there's a there's a practical
1: reality to actually executing some of this stuff yeah th- it is unfortunate mm-hmm. um so you talked about this it's a rhode island-based company there's a do- it was a dollar transfer recently this uh or this year or last year. Um, it's, I wonder if and i know I don't think you had any anything on this, but I wonder if that's a way to sort of toll the statute in terms of you know getting up the code on sprinklers or mm. something like that, but there was no indication of that, I don't think
2: yeah, it's hard to say, and I really wish that um you know the fire department they closed their investigation okay. um you know after determining that it started in a second floor microwave mm-hmm. um but personally as a reporter, these are things we can't get, we don't have any sort of uh, subpoena power or anything like that to really, you know, flesh this out. Right. Make yeah. our jobs a lot easier, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of questions about why this transfer happened, um, why there's so many overlapping parties, why this company was formed um, months before the fire, before, excuse me, months before the sale, um, why it was sold for $1 yeah. and why the the new owners and I put quotations over the new owners were involved in emails with the fire department uh, long before the, the sale. So the one one
1: dollar um, per Massachusetts law, I believe, is the minimum amount that you can. So you can't give away a property for free; it has to be for at least one dollar. Um, uh, it used to be uh, love and consideration would be a condition on a deed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But one dollar is now is the minimum of of what you can donate. So it was clearly given to this. I would say clearly given to this other this other trust or this corporation, um, for one reason or another. Um, You know the reasons that they
2: reorganize again. I guess difficult to to determine. It Uh, is, and there was one and part of that letter that was sent by some person whose name was redacted when we got a copy of it. Um, That's too bad. The uh, the person and smart person. I mean, what they what they said is outlining the the violations, and also they said that. in their words, uh, the reason it was transferred in this kind of sh- you know corporate shell game um, was to circumvent the inspections that you know the, the fire department's annual or inspections yeah. that are required when a property is sold. Um, there's no basis for that. Um, you know, the uh, the uh, fire department didn't confirm uh, anything, but um, I'd personally like to know uh, why this transaction happened in such a strange, strange manner.
1: Yeah, it must have been cost. I mean, I guess it only it only takes. It only cost about 500 bucks to form a new co- corporation or whatever in, in Massachusetts at least. So it probably wasn't uh, – probably a lot less costly than having to um, install an $85,000 uh, sprinkler. Is there any – so since this is a new corporation, we don't even know or a new trust that was just like formed um, pretty quickly and, and assumed per, uh, ownership. We don't even know if there's like a common ownership of any of these 33 rooming houses at this juncture, do we? uh con- common ownership yeah like like does this corporation own a bunch of other um
2: yeah it's hard it's hard to say this corporation only owns this group of partners only owns this one building however yeah. there's others that are involved um and have been involved in the past that do own other rooming houses um a man named dennis arsenal he was the former owner i believe he uh, left the company but it's hard to to quite say he was well known for owning you know, many rooming houses um, I believe he was, he was out of the company at the time of the sale. That's the way it looks um, you know, in the documents. But there was a strange uh, kind of interaction between him and another man where they formed a trust, and then he removed himself – or he said he removed himself from the trust, at least as the trustee of the trust, uh, before the sale. And then these other owners came into the trust. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it's hard to say. Tried to reach him, couldn't reach him. Um, but uh, he does own a few other rooming houses uh, in,
1: in the city. Mitchell said, we try to give landlords the opportunity to get this done. If they don't want to take the on the expense, they should reconsider whether this business is for them. That's just more of like a advisory, right? I don't think there's any enforcement mechanism behind
2: that. I mean, that seems to be the stance of the city. You know? yeah. um, I mean, is it their decision whether to follow uh, fire code or is it fire department's job to enforce it, the city's job to enforce it. Right. I mean, you know, that's what Mayor Mitchell said. I think he stands by it. But, I mean, that's really the question at the, at the core of this issue with, you know, pretty widespread lack of compliance in New Bedford's rooming houses. 508-996-0500. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back. I, I, uh, I'm making a commitment to regularly play music when i come back like the other hosts but it's it's not been going well so um we'll take some requests in the next break but welcome to south coast tonight i'm marcus farrow i'm here with will sun at the new bedford light we've been talking about your story um that's on newbedfordlight.org that you can check out uh which is about the rooming house
2: fire the what's
1: it called royal crown
2: yeah um, royal crown that was one name of it um that's what that was that's one name of it i think people just mostly knew it by how it looked you know that big beautiful building in the yeah. on the know, it, it's kind of a two it, i mean just
1: obviously people died and that's the saddest part of this whole thing but losing that type of structure i think in terms of the the, the city's um you know to so the cityscape like profile i think is also a bit of a shame mm.
2: but um yeah when you look i mean you know. Of course, the most you know, tragic important thing is the the two men that lost their lives. Yes, um, but it is sad losing a historic building. You know, it's yeah. a beautiful building like that. Um, and it's not. I mean, it seems to be something of a trend right now in that stretch of a Ave. You know, that um, t- like two blocks basically. On you know, I think between Tinkham and uh, Nye Street. I think that's the the intersection. Cushioned Ave, Tinkham and Nye, and. I mean, it just, it's, it's. Have you been by the scene of the fire? Have you, have you by I here? haven't driven by yet, no. If you look right, if you stand right where that rooming house was and you turn right 90 degrees and then left, you know, the other way 90 degrees, um, you see two more buildings that have burned, you know, uh, burned in one case completely down, the other just, um, you know, burned out the roof. And it's, it's in this one block. You know, it's three beautiful three story buildings that house. Know multiple people, multiple families, um, that have burned down in the last two years. Yeah, you know, and when you ask the um the fire department about this, um, it, it is true. When you say look at the numbers, there are no more fires now than there ever have been. You know, last year the fire department there was no deaths uh, in the, from fires in the city. Yeah, um, the year before that there was two, and that I was remember. at the property right next door to this burning house fire. Yes, um, less than a block away. You know, you could see the char remains of that fire. Uh, from the scene of this boarding house fire so we asked the fire department about this they say there's no more fires than the normal and that's true but in this one neighborhood you know this very busy populated part of the north end a lot of you know the the guatemalan community lives there um it's uh seems like a real trend in, in that one locale yeah uh you know Actually, I remember it was either – I think it was like a couple of
1: years ago. It just seemed like the city was like on fire. Mm. Uh, there, were fi- there were a lot of fires to begin the year, and a lot of them were concentrated in that area. And I remember actually there being a lot of discussion around keeping Engine 8 um, in the mm. north end online. In fact, Joe Kennedy, when he was running for Senate, uh, went and made a big speech uh, in front of the fire union and like hundreds of people. Um, saying we got to keep Engine Eight and all of that other stuff, so oh wow, it, yeah, it, yeah, it has, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. It might have, um, it might have ruffled a few feathers. Uh, <laughs> <of> some people, <laughs> I can maybe tell you more about that off air, but, um, but the, um, the, the, the I, I, do they have a, like a specific explanation as to why that region may have more fires than than others?
2: Um, no, I mean, I asked I asked directly, and um. I mean, fires are. I mean, it's, I guess it's a combination. It's always a combination of things, right? And um, I mean, I think of that uh, commercial on TV, the mayhem. You know, the all, was it all state? Yeah, two? yeah. There's, yeah right. an el- there's always an element of that, of chaos, of yeah. randomness. You know, I mean, they say this brooming house fire started in a microwave. Um, yeah, I microwave things just about every day. You know. Right. Um, but it's also fair to say, I mean, this that neighborhood is um, you know big three deckers. Um, all made of wood, right? Yeah. Um, built most over a hundred, I think just about all over a hundred years ago of those, those triple deckers. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong when a, when a house is <laughs> standing for and lived in for over a hundred years.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a tinderbox. box.
2: 500. Good evening.
0: Good evening, gentlemen.
1: How you doing?
0: Good. I just came in. I was listening. I was out at UMass. for the amazing, um, vigil. For the two students out there, over 500 people showed up. It was uh, incredible.
1: Yeah. what a sad story. Very
0: powerful, very personable. Um, i was glad to go out to be part of it. But on the topic we're talking about, um, I'd like to thank the young man next to you, Marcus. I did a hell of a job on that um, right up, and I know he's he's dedicated to what he does, and I'm actually part of that story a little bit. If I was the question you just asked before I came on, this section isn't just densely occupied has some of the oldest buildings in the city. Mm. They were built because of all the mills that used to be around here. Right. Riverside Park used to be two huge mills. Mm. And they burnt down, literally. Um, It's a common... I live in in an old building, but my landlord did a real good job. So you have a combination of... They may have the boxes and the maintenance circuits up to speed, but you still have the old wiring gauge. So it doesn't take much to overload these circuits.
2: Mm. So tell us uh, so did you, um, you li- you, I mean you, you live in the North End. did you know any of these folks that, that were uh, involved in the fire?
0: My brother lived there. his girlfriend lived there. Mm. I was friends with one of the two men who just deceased. I know about half the building. Gosh. My family's been living in this neighborhood 94 years. Wow. Sorry to hear that. And the other fire a couple of years ago, which is technically four buildings down because you have a shoe store. you have the smaller store which used to be a convenience store. Now there's a lot from the one they had to level. One of the two men who died in the other fire lived in the apartment that my brother moved out of because that building was not safe.
1: Right. Wow. Wow. He's been escaping, it's, uh, it's, escaping for...
0: It's a continual problem throughout this city. And I, I think there's a manpower shortage as far as the investigators so they can keep up on people.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: have the highest regard for first responders. I've worked side by side with them at the Red Cross. Mm. But they got to be consistent and stay on that, like I said to that young man, which is in that report. Somebody asked me today, You think you ticked off a few people? I said, I hope I did. If I lose their friendship because I'm trying to point out what's real and being safe, then we were our friends anyway. This yeah. is about people's safety. This is personal. Like my bro- my brother's usually home that time of the day, but he- somebody called him and pulled him out of the house. Usually he's home by one o'clock in the afternoon. He would have been in the building when it caught fire.
2: So yeah, it's scary to think. So that
1: it really is terrifying.
0: And I just, I just really hope that this, this is a like I said in his article, that this could be the beginning of change, positive change. Nothing in the world is ever wasted. Something is learned. Nothing.
1: I think that's I a really good way to look at look it. I was a teenager. The only way and you, I'm yeah. glad.
0: I'm glad you guys were on. I forgot what time it was. I caught a piece of the Red Sox on the way home, but I looked up mm. and said, "Oh, they're still on." So. so, keep up the good work,
1: young man. Thank you, sir. Yep. Is he talking to you or me?
2: Uh, probably you. <laughs> <laughs> I took the credit for you. <laughs> I know you're younger than me, but I'm still a young man. <laughs> so. No, but I think he is right. I mean, there's, there is like a complexity to this where it's um, you know, you want uh, as he was describing, he wants the fire department to step it up, you know, to mm-hmm. be more proactive in their enforcement um uh, you know I, I, and that's not to at all to diminish the role of the fire department which yeah. is incredibly heroic i mean i had a house fire my the first apartment i lived in in new bedford mm-hmm. i woke up one morning and um this is like a spring morning and i saw smoke pouring in through my living room window it was a studio apartment you know but the living room was my bedroom yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah and i looked, I thought thought my neighbor was grilling you know so i looked out I couldn't see a grill looked out the back window of the kitchen um saw more smoke and no grill and uh came back into the, the the living room bedroom and saw smoke rising from the floorboards and i was the one that called the fire department that day and they were there in a sec- i mean it was it shocked me how quick it was you yeah. know it was and they put it out i saved everything i owned at the time and um yeah i mean there's they, they're incredibly heroic in their role and um they they you know that they, they are there when you need them but there is still the question of um you know as the man who called said uh you know, uh, when it comes to these rooming house fires, um, bringing these buildings into compliance with their mm-hmm. own codes. You're you're a magnet for chaos, aren't you? Because
1: you were well, <laughs> you were at your at your old house. It it almost it it almost caught on fire. Um, at your current place, oh, yeah. at your current place, you, you you saw a whole SWAT team, uh, uh, you know, execute a raid, right, or almost <laughs> yeah. execute a raid,
2: <laughs> just like right across the street. Yeah, so. the uh, um, the uh, military, the the Bearcat, I believe is the name. of Yeah, it is, yeah, name yeah. It was a uh, Semlik, right? That's what it's, it's yeah, called. Semlik. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the guy barricaded in, in his apartment with an ak-47 and an <laughs> ar-15 and yeah. i think 900 rounds of ammo yes <laughs> that, yeah. that was pretty wild the uh that I showed you those videos right yes you did yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah i almost missed that one if i didn't you know happen to look out the window at the right time and see the because uh, <laughs> yeah, it was right. silent you know there was no they weren't you know sounding the alarms as many cop cars i mean i think 15 16 cop cars but you know easily could have missed it um yeah Keep your eyes open. You know, so. keep your yeah. Keep your <laughs> eyes. open.
1: You never know what's going on outside. So yeah, that's right. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you want to join in the conversation, we're here with New Bedford Light reporter Will Senat. Have you have you ever been in a house fire, Marcus? Have I been in a house fire? No, uh, I was. I was. Um, my my. When I I grew up just a, a block away from me, I grew up on uh, Jameson Street uh, on, on Connect Road, and when I was. 13, 12, maybe I was in middle school. Uh, there was a fire; a, a dryer caught on fire when um, when we were. Uh, I, but I don't think I was home. I think I like happened mm. to get home, and like there was just fire trucks everywhere and smoke and all that. It ended up being extinguished. We had to live in that hotel, the Hampton Inn hotel, there for ah. like a week. Yeah, wow. so it all worked out. Um, thanks to the fire. Thanks to the fire department, actually. Mm. So I ended up working out. We ended up being able to stay in the house. But um, so no, I haven't been. In a in a house fire yet, yeah. uh, fortunately,
2: it is scary. I mean, like the shock that runs through you know. Just, oh yeah, because you always you, you know what to do. You know to call nine one one. You know, get get out yeah. <laughs> soon. But the yeah. uh, it, it doesn't. Is this like kind of cognitive dissonance? Where you're Like is this actually <laughs> is happening? Is this real? Is yeah. this really. A, this is a house fire. Yeah. That we're this in right doesn't now. happen to
1: me. It happens to other people. Right. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah,
2: yeah. and it uh, yeah. I mean, um. Actually, that building I lived in at the time, it used to be a rooming house. Um, weirdly enough, it wasn't. It was converted from a rooming house, but it oh. was the one on top of uh, Union Street by the CBD store. Okay. Uh, 321, I think it was. But it was big, beautiful. They fixed it up and actually moved out when they fixed it up because right. it really jacked the rent up. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, the old owner, he he uh, was a nice guy and um, told me he converted it from a rooming house. Uh, and, oh. you know, um, fire safety conditions. Uh, they think we're slightly better than we would be have been improved. otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> it's not funny. So uh
1: 996 500 we're here with New Bedford Light reporter Wilson. We'll take a break now. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. Veterans and their families are popular targets for financial fraud. Scammers may try to defraud you through misleading commercials, emails, texts, cold calls, or online ads. They may
0: even pose as someone from VA or an organization providing discounts on fees for services. But VA will never charge you for processing a claim. Do not provide your personal information to anyone other than a VA-accredited representative. To find a representative near you, visit va.gov forward slash find dash rep. Transitioning out of the military, it's difficult. Just about everything around you changes. I would get phone calls that brothers were dying. Some of them to suicide. And I'd found myself in another cold cemetery. And I started to wonder if I was next. It's a struggle to know that you're facing challenges but not being ready to face them. Sleep doesn't come easy. And when it comes, it doesn't last long. You're tired all the time. I didn't reach out for that help, but thank God my wife did. She got me registered for Wounded Warrior Project. Talking to somebody that would listen to me and understood my story helped me realize that it was time to change. There's a new fight. There's a new mission. And that's
1: something I'm eternally grateful for.
0: See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org combat stigma.
1: The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM. 508 996 0500. Good evening. Good evening. Hey. Okay, gentlemen. I didn't get to listen
3: to most of your program. I guess it was about. Well,
1: that's unfortunate. Well,
3: some sometimes uh, you know things duty calls. I guess you can say, (laughs) but um, and I know it was mostly about the fire, and you know it's a very serious thing and everything. But I'd like to see if I could take it a little differently. I I talked with Jack Spillane this morning. I heard. Yeah. Okay. Then you know what I asked, and I was wondering if Mister. Sinek could tell us how did this connection come up between. Uh, talking politics and Adam Riley and you guys, because uh I think the segment that I heard uh, is it's good to get something from the South Coast up there in the Boston market uh, to say hey we 're in this game too, and uh we 're important too so can you shed any so, so, light on
1: that? Did so, they contact you? Or so, what Colin, I? Colin Hogan, uh, one of the reporters, New Bedford Light, one of your colleagues, was on talking politics. In fact, they played a clip from South Coast Tonight, actually, yeah. an interview yeah, yeah, that we right. had with a school committee candidate. So, how does that? Well, how does that process usually work when you guys get tapped to do interviews? Because you know, like we were talking about, you were on a another station on the Cape recently, and you know, you know, Colin Hogan was in, on WGBH. So, how does that usually work? i um, um, the not process. too different than
2: how when I come on the show, which I get a text or a email. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. there's no secret to it. But I will say, I mean, uh, Colin, he's our education reporter and um, did a really interesting article about the school great. City, yeah, uh, like races it. It. and all this just um, r- real politicization. You know, not just, po- it's, it's, po- it's a political position, of course. And mm-hmm. I mean, that, I mean, this um, kind of national. It's become uh, a culture uh, war. Culture war, yeah. you know, it's, um, I mean, loony stuff when you look at the quotes right i mean um and he wrote a really g- good story unpacking that yeah you know, um, my only <laughs> i kept wanting to tell the uh yeah the, there's the one, one woman's running for school committee saying uh what's going on in these libraries you know what's going on in these uh what, <laughs> yeah. what what's the agenda so you know it's a it's a public library you know that yeah. right you can walk in and every thing on the agenda is right there on a shelf well,
3: you know?
1: well you know, i think colin even said it in that interview like um you know, the Dartmouth public libraries or the, even the public school libraries, their entire catalog is available online for parents to look at if right. they're, like, insecure about it. It's the it. most
2: public, open-facing institutions in the country, really. I had a school committee. Yeah.
3: The point I was trying to make was, did they contact you because of Mr. Hogan's article? Or how did that come about? I'd like to see on Talking Politics in a month maybe one 15-minute segment like they had with you guys about the South Coast. and. things that are going on down here to show that we're politically uh you know in the eye of uh you know the greater boston area
1: yeah i mean i I wonder i do wonder how they you know the like you know i imagine someone you know up there in a tv station might have a research team or maybe mr riley follows stuff like i get a you know you get it too we get the the newsletters the master list and politico Mm -hmm. so we we get all the stories from across the commonwealth and that does actually inform a lot of stuff that I talk about. Um so it could be a situation like that that maybe Colin Hogan's piece was featured in Politico or featured in on Master List or something like that and then someone like saw it at WGBH said, Hey this is a good story. Let's 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 follow this or maybe Adam Riley saw it himself because he was looking at New Bedford Light or something like well,
3: that. Well again, again there's a lot of good stories down here like the train coming down and what's gonna be the effect of the train, okay? Mm-hmm. And the uh political uh jousting we got going on between the mayor and the city council. Yeah. It would be nice if uh, uh, talking politics would uh, at least devote one fifteen minutes. I, I, I
1: do wonder how many pissing matches between the mayor and the city council happened throughout the Commonwealth. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know.
3: Well, <laughs> I- again, I'm just trying yeah. to get you know. Uh, new bedford up in the boston market
1: i hear you and i appreciate it uh, yeah i think that's i mean i I think that's probably what it is like they you know i I think people at at wgbh and people like adam riley and people in the boston market know of the area and they see a story that they're interested in they follow it i think that's you know more or less how it goes well Mm
3: -hmm. again i'd like to see you guys even featured that you know you guys have been trying to raise political awareness around here in an area that's largely... Blue well, we,
1: apparently we were featured, right? Uh, yeah, we were in the yeah, clip. Yeah. yeah, South Coast. And you brought night. on
2: Lisa Kaczynski and. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I, I've had Lisa on a few times. She's mm-hmm. great. She's yeah, great. I, mean, I mean, maybe I mean, tell them. You know, you want more if you're a listener, a GBA's listener? I was, I was listening to Marjorie Marjorie. Yeah, right. You were on Jim Marjorie. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, let them know that you're a listener on the South Coast and you know, want more representation. I mean, we don't... Me, I didn't even know he was going on the show personally. You know, it's outside... Um, so I don't, I don't have your answer as to how he got on the show, but I mean, let them know that there's interest. Does, you know, he yeah.
3: does Hogan know how we? You, you can, you,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I can you gotta him. call him. I can't, I can't, I can't
1: call. Uh, I can't call him. And say, hey, play more clips from my show, please.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you think of the uh, of the of the segment? Uh, I thought
1: it was good. I, again, I think it's an interesting story, and I, mm-hmm. I like any time that my program gets mentioned. I I'm, I always think that's great. So. Anything that mentions anything that has any tangential connection to me, I, I, I believe firmly, is awesome. So,
3: <laughs> all right, okay, I'll let you guys go. I, you know, and, and if you ever find out more about how this all happened, I'd be interested to know uh, uh, how how it happened that we get on uh, Boston TV. You know? Absolutely, we'll follow up. Oh, you guys get on Boston TV, I should say.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll follow up. Thanks for the call. All right, Appreciate thanks. it. Bye bye. Um. I figured out this phone Will. Hey, listen, I, I see some I I see some, I see some calls on line. We got to take a break and we'll be right back. Uh stay on the line. Welcome back. Let's go back to the phones. We're here with New Bedford Light reporter Will Senott. Good evening. You're live.
0: Marcus, I have the perfect uh guest for you and Chris to have on your show. You need to invite the guy. Okay. He is the um, he. New Bedford has an insurance consultant. Do you know that?
1: Well, Barry, I got to finish out this. I got to finish out this hour with Will. Can you text me the, the 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 guest suggestion?
0: Yep, but it would be great. With all the fires that are going on, it'd be great to have John Beauregard come in and uh, you guys interview him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd be happy. Cool. To, I think that'd be interesting. Thank you for the call, Barry. Yeah. I Appreciate it. Um, so we're here with New Bedford Light reporter uh, Will Senate.
2: So, um. I was interested. Isn't the New Bedford
1: business consultant? What? uh, I, uh you know that. You know that. Uh, well, yeah, I, t- I told. Them, I I told him to um, I I one of my favorite calls. I just I said just shoot me a text. Yeah, So I can figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. I, production notes on the air. It's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doing a,
2: really doing it live? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. But. Uh. But. Well. Anyway. Yeah. So. So we should put out a message to if, if there's any callers who live in a rooming house. Yeah. Let us know if the your building's up the code. Right. If you have a sprinkler system. If you have a. Uh, yeah. Put out the call. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: I think so. Yeah. Put out the. Uh. uh give us a. Give us a buzz. You never know who's. You never know who's listening. Honestly. Um. That's. That's one thing I've. I've definitely. That sounds kind of trite, but. It's true. You never really know who's listening. Sometimes you get some calls from people that are like, oh, wow, what a coincidence, you know, yeah. or text messages from people saying like, oh, hey, you actually, you know, people that are being talked about on the air, and then you get a text message from them like, hey, yeah. stop that.
2: <laughs> so, so remind me, what year was it that there was the uh, – it's just – we're on the subject of the fire department right but what year was it that they had the, that controversy around closing the station eight was it when, when engine was it eight Ten so eight. engine eight was a apparatus it wasn't a the
1: actual station but um so that was in late 2020 it was in the summer of 2020 there was there were actually i think a good deal of fires mm. there was um so there was a call to uh close um there was a there was a there was a proposal, I think, by the Mitchell administration to consider cl- uh, shutting down Engine 8 um, for the reasons of, like, you know, budgetary constraints. They had, you know, the um, they had the, uh, the the brownouts going on where they were closing certain st- uh, certain stations in each day to, to, to maintain, a, you know, a tenable budget situation. And so it became, a you know, very much in the forefront of the conversation. I believe they did work out a resolution. I remember at the time I think most of the city council voted in favor of um, – Keeping Engine Eight, I think Linda Morad was one of the, the only vote against keeping Engine Eight. Actually, so at the time, but um, uh, th- that Joe Kennedy did a whole New Bedford day. He spent the entire. I followed him actually. I followed him the whole way. Mm-hmm. He spent the. I spent. Uh, he literally from like the South End all the way up um, had been, uh, you know, meeting people here and there.
2: Was that during the election? Was that, that was during this
1: when he was running in the primary for, yeah. for Senate against Ed Markey, and so he got to. And I don't know if he expected it. I don't know if he expected it. I don't know if anybody else um, really did either, honestly. But he he was walking. So I remember him walking with the fire union. You know, he was he was walking. I remember him walking down the streets with um like Billy Sylvia who's the fire union president. Kevin Cormier is the treasurer, and they were they were walking down the street and they walked to the the cushioned station where Engine Eight was. And so then there were a bunch of people um like. I want to say hundreds of people there with Joe Kennedy signs and they they said some sort of um some sort of chant some sort of campaign chant that rhymed with Joe and so I can think of a few Yeah yeah <laughs> I can't remember but uh but they but then Kennedy he gave a speech about uh, why would they needed to pass the Cares Act and all this, and mm-hmm. I remember it's like, "Otherwise, you get problems like these, and we need to save." It was a, it was like miraculous, like it was a really racuous crowd. Um, and New Bedford went pretty heavy, heavy for uh for Joe Kennedy in that election too. So
2: that was around the time that that debate was happening. And was the fire department? I mean, was, like, was the fire department putting themselves behind Joe Kennedy, or what? Did he was he kind of? I believe
1: up? they did. Yeah. Um, I, be, I I think New Bedford was pretty firmly. Most of New Bedford was pretty firmly behind. Um, Joe Kennedy at the mm. time uh, I know Senator Montigny had endorsed uh, uh, Kennedy, I remember uh, Maria Giesta, Ian Abreu was a, b- a bunch of city councilors most of the city council I believe went with, with Joe Kennedy. Why do you think that is that Joe Kennedy had a strong presence in in, in New Bedford? I, I frankly, you know I think part of it is, um, you know a lot of people did too, I think part of it is they remembered Ted Kennedy being a pretty effective senator mm. for New Bedford in particular yeah. and I think they didn't I don't maybe didn't feel like they had enough exposure to Ed Markey um, at the time. I think those are the two things. I mean, there were still some people like Chris Hendricks. Most of the state delegation stuck with Ed Markey. I think he had racked up their endorsements pretty early. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it, it seems New Bedford, the South Coast in general went really hard for Joe Kennedy. I think it was maybe because um, the Kennedy legacy is still pretty strong uh, strong down here. And mm. of course, Joe Kennedy was strong in the Cape as well. So
2: Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah that, yeah that makes sense
1: yeah yeah so but uh that and you the know fire, the fire department i guess the joe kennedy supporters yeah they they went they went pretty hard for him i remember in that in that rally so yeah. that was um that was a nice walk down memory lane uh during the uh during the pandemic um and um but ed markey won uh won pretty easily uh, and so uh joe kennedy's in ireland now so
2: yeah. but it's funny to think that you know, people in new bedford feel distant from uh, ed markey was considering i mean he's come. Down